0: Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between, Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape.
1: Oh, hey there, Big Ten Backers. This is your host, AJ, with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Dop Beef. So, Beef. Week zero just ended. Let's take a look at these two games, Notre Dame and USC in particular, and let's rate these guys. Are they Bs or double Ds? And what we mean by that, are they a playoff contender? Are they a little bitty nobody? So yeah, Sam Hartman looking like TD Jesus. He's out there saving Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame.
0: Resurrected him.
1: Yes. Touchdown Jesus bringing the resurrection to Marcus Freeman. And He was distributing the ball like he was a card shark in Vegas, man. He was just out there. <laughs> Shuffling.
0: hell yeah man he was 19 of 23 for 251 yards at 4 td damn
1: yeah that's a good day and he'd only played for so long it's not like he was out there the whole time either so but yeah sam hartman he's in year six there's no wonder why uh he tied the opening record for a quarterback at notre dame in his first game
0: yeah and listen to this he passed aaron murray with thirteen thousand one hundred sixty-six yards most passing yards in a career he also, during this game, passed Colt McCoy for the most touchdown passes in a career at 112, then proceeded to pass Derek Carr for the most touchdown passes in a career at 113, and tied Danny Werfel with 114 career touchdown passes. So that's pretty damn good, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's been around a while. He should be pretty good. He's been working on it for six years. I'm pretty sure he was uh, Joe Montana's backup there at Notre
0: Dame. Yeah, he was another one of our guys that was at the Last Supper. Yeah, he was right there with uh, Sean Clifford helping serve. But I mean, yeah, six years, you should be passing everyone. You got an extra two years on them all.
1: Yeah. And there's no reason, no reason for him not to be an artist at his game when he's been at it for six years. And then you're talking about comparing him to somebody who's probably a freshman or a sophomore when they threw those four touchdowns at Notre Dame. So a little unfair comparison.
0: Yeah. And I digress a little bit. We digress a little bit. I should say he's a hell of a player. It, he was playing good. Notre Dame did what they were supposed to do. They waxed a team that sucked. And that's exactly what we talked about with what we wanted to see from USC, but Notre Dame did it, you know?
1: They were on fire. They came out strong. They came out hard. They were they were rocking.
0: Looked good doing it. I mean, you want to be pretty against a terrible team, and they were.
1: How about them wide receivers? There was uh, some slack that Notre Dame got in the off season about not having as good as receivers as they should have. But yeah. Break down some of the receivers for us.
0: Yeah, man, that was kind of the weak link, what everyone was thinking. But they brought in this freshman, Jaden Greathouse, who had two TDs. He was a recruit out of Austin, Texas. He had three receptions for 68 yards. But the cool thing about this is 66% of the receptions he's ever had in college have been touchdowns. If he can keep repeating that and duplicate that, man, he's going to be on everyone's list for Heisman.
1: Yeah, but that ain't going to happen because not every team on their schedule is Navy.
0: No, they're not going to have teams that have zero NFL talent. You're absolutely correct.
1: Well, yeah, the offensive line, man, they were absolutely dominant. They played like a chastity belt, man. There was no penetration getting through there. Sam Martin was (laughs) well-protected.
0: Yeah, man, and they opened up holes like Ron Jeremy. You're talking some holes there. (laughs) But you know what? There was one thing that we had to talk about, that Notre Dame secondary was as questionable as the Wuhan Institute of Virology.
1: <laughs> it's about as questionable as it gets right there. You can't believe anything. I don't know anything. what was
0: coming out of there. Bats? They're eating bats. I don't know what they're doing over there. But that secondary, man, they they were suspect all game. And as you could kind of tell, Navy running that triple option offense, they didn't have the quarterback that could the ball in the air. I mean, he was never getting it to the open receivers. They really didn't. There was people running around wide open.
1: Yeah, I mean, the wide receivers definitely got behind the safeties in the corners uh, on a few plays. But the ball was so hilariously underthrown, it didn't matter. Yeah, we'll see. But maybe that was in the game plan, not to worry about the wide receiver so much since they run a triple option. And maybe that was their defensive play by Notre Dame. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll digress from there. Obviously, they look good. So it's kind of hard for us to nitpick. But that was the one little nitpick we had.
0: Yeah. And maybe it's the scheme. You're right. It could be that, you know, they're just bringing everyone up. They're stacking the box and waiting for those holes to open up so they can bring an extra linebacker in, bring the safeties up. Because, you know, Navy's not going to throw the ball often. And they were just prepared for that. And they knew the quarterback wasn't going to get it there. So maybe it's more props to their defensive coordinator. And Freeman has the defensive background as being the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame and at Cincinnati when they were awesome. So...
1: There's that. All right, so Beef. Is Notre Dame a B or are they rocking them double Ds? Hey, man,
0: I got to give them a C cup. I got to go in between. They're not quite ready for those double Ds, man, that still have the bra on because they're not that sexy yet. So I give them the C cup because they were looking good. They filled what they needed to with a quarterback. They could get the ball down the field and actually complete some passes. The receivers look better than I thought. The defense still looked great, possibly questionable secondary. So we'll see. If they get that secondary looking good against a good passing team, I think they'll they'll have that around the corner in NC State. Then, woo, watch out, Buckeyes. Those C's become double D's.
1: Yeah, that game definitely looks a little bit more interesting if they can keep this energy going.
0: Yeah, since we talked about Notre
1: Dame, let's go cross country. Let's take a look at their rival. Let's talk about this USC game. Hell yeah, let's do it. All I got to know is, hey, does anybody actually have the Pac-12 network? I mean, could you find this game on TV? You couldn't find that with your granny's glasses, man.
0: Hey, can we get the login from one of our listeners? Hey, man, don't worry. It's it's not going to get you banned or anything. The Pac-Done won't be around any longer after this year. So don't even worry about it. Just send it to us. Yeah, they're We need to watch extends. these games, man. We need to watch these West Coast games. We need to see... What's gonna be in the Big Ten next year, too?
1: I tell you what, man. Let's get on that defense. That defense looked as bad as Christopher Walken after a three-day bender. Man, it was trash,
0: garbage. Christopher Walken, man. Where did you pull that from? Where did that? Where did that reference come from? <laughs>
1: I was watching Joe Dirt earlier. You know, he's talking about showing to stab somebody in the eye with a soldering iron. And uh, maybe, yeah, man. And maybe, maybe some cowbell. Maybe some cowbell too. You know, a little Saturday Night Live.
0: Oh yeah, it's being a cowbell. I got you. I got a fever. Description is more cowbell. More cowbell, baby. Christopher Walken. It's a hell of an ugly person reference.
1: <laughs> so Nick Nash for San Jose State had six receptions, 89 yards, and three TDs. That was good enough for 14.8 yards a catch.
0: Yeah, man. Nick Nash, Paddywhack, give that man a helmet sticker. Woo. San Jose State averaging 7.3 yards per carry also. It gashed up that defense, man.
1: Yeah, it was bad. Like, you're talking about one Rodgers here. So that's telling you maybe there's a corner or safety that ain't that ain't jiving yet. And then also giving up 7.3 yards per carry on the ground. That's scary, man. Some scary stats.
0: Yeah, dude. And San Jose State wasn't a terrible team last year. I mean, they finished like 8-5. and five, So, they're not a bad team by any means. They're not Navy. But I was looking for a lot more out of that defense. And we yeah. talked about it before. I was wanting to see them not score a point. You know, I didn't want to see San Jose State have a point in the first half or three quarters to show me that they fixed what they had. They fixed the holes on that defense, so I I can't say that they did. I'm a, I'm a little weary of what they're going to produce. I, it's it's very Lincoln Riley esque to have a game like that.
1: Yeah, I don't even blame Lincoln Riley. This is all on the Grinch, man, and this Grinch. He's about to steal another Christmas from Lincoln Riley and Cam Williams. He's about to rob them of every kind of playoff national championship hopes. He's their Achilles heel, man.
0: And San Jose State was down seven points at half. So it was 21 to 14. And then they did score again in the third quarter. So they got 21 of their 28 points in meaningful time. It wasn't like there was garbage stuff being thrown up on the scoreboard in the fourth quarter.
1: No, I agree. It was... It was not a good performance at all. Luckily for USC, their first half of their schedule is really soft. Now, they have a really, really hard stretch at the end. And I don't know if they'll survive the end with their defense playing like this, but at least they have some time to kind of get it right, get the wrinkles ironed out and look fresh by the time they get into week six.
0: Yeah, but what we got to look at now is that offense, baby. It's still there. It's very Lincoln Riley-esque. It's awesome. Cammie Williams put out his typical Heisman stats and highlights, man. It was all over the place. There was that amazing fumble that he took off the snap. I think there was a quarterback running back exchange problem, picked it up and fires it down for a touchdown, man. it was fucking sweet. You got to go check out that highlight if you haven't already. We have it posted on NIL Fan Vote, so check it out on our Facebook.
1: Yeah, we call him Cammy Williams because he drops more dollars on fingernail polish than our wives combined.
0: Yeah, I, I think he drops more than all of my female relatives that I know combined. <laughs>
1: Hey, when you're styling and profiling, do you.
0: Yeah, I mean, he gets it. He's He can do what he wants, man. He's the Heisman, and maybe he'll win it again with the performance he's having so far, you know, one game. But it looks like it's going to be the same thing, man. His stat line was ridiculous. 72% completion rate, 278 yards, and another quarterback with four touchdowns.
1: He lit it up like a crack pipe on third and seventh, man. Watch out on skid row. <laughs>
0: but what about this uh, freshman wide receiver Zachariah Branch should have been at Ohio State. Heartline wanted him bad, man. He was really recruiting him hard. And you know anyone that Heartline's going after is going to be a dog.
1: Yeah, man. He's got cheetah speed. He's got moves you only see in Top Gun. You know he's getting a girl and taking her to the dance. Do we have a future and star I a, here?
0: I had a conversation with a couple people on NIL FanVote and, and the groups that we joined and talked a little bit about college football. And he was like, man, he would have been tackled at the 15-yard line against a Power 5 team. And I was like, yeah, hold, pump the brakes a little bit. It would have been a good return no matter what, but I don't think he would have taken it to the house. But he's going to have those opportunities with the speed he's got to take it to the house, even against a Power 5, program.
1: Yeah, he's definitely shifty, man, and he's fast, and he's fast in a phone booth. Dangerous combination. I'm ready to see what this guy grows into the next couple years. Does Grinch turn this double D offense And to a B cup, is he the reason why USC is a B and not a double D? It's a B for now.
0: Yes, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Grinch is holding them back. Those six transfers that were four stars in the transfer portal didn't show us anything. I mean, at least with the numbers that were put up against them. So they haven't really changed a whole lot. There was a lot of hope for that defense. There was a lot of hope for me for the defense, but it didn't produce, man. And if it doesn't produce against Han Jose State, what happens if they have the Phoenix from Washington? What happens if they have Bo Nix from Oregon? They're going to be lighting them up, man. That stat line and those quarterbacks are lighting it up. Cam Rising, light it up. DJ Uyungalele, going to be lighting it up.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a fun show out in the Pac-12, pack man. I'm, I'm just so excited for the quarterback play out there.
0: And, and what I'm worried about is they're all going to cannibalize each other and no one's going to make the, the playoffs.
1: No, I could definitely see that. There's so much good quarterback play out there that they could definitely all come out with two, three losses apiece just because of anybody's ability to beat the other person.
0: It's the Donner party and the pack done.
1: (laughs) Just out there chewing on each other. Zombie special.
0: Feels my craving. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, hey, let's get the ball trimmer out. Let's groom the landscape of college football that happened over this past weekend. So Ohio and San Diego State, things didn't go well, so well for the Bobcats and this Maction in the Mountain West. The Ohio QB and Mac Player of the Year goes down uh, with an injury. He went, he went down like a fat kid on a seesaw. And that kind of upended, yeah. <laughs> kind of upended Ohio's ability to play that game.
0: They were looking strong until he went down. And the same thing happened last year. I mean, they made the MAC championship game. He was already injured in the 11th game of the season. And then they lost in the MAC championship game. If he was there, they would have won. And if he was there this game, they probably, I, I think they would have won. He was a difference maker. And when he goes down and then their quarterback comes in, CJ Harris, a backup, throws three interceptions. I mean, that's a, Three interceptions is almost a guaranteed loss. He did it against the former Michigan, Freddie Flintstone himself, Brady Hope, and they got the win. The Aztecs got it. He finally beat he an finally, Ohio team, huh? He finally beat that Ohio team. He's talking shit. He finally did it. <laughs> it took him forever, but he finally did it. I'm
1: proud of. Maybe we should get him a, a vitamin. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Vandy, they were in a close game with the Hawaii Warriors. You know, not a whole lot to talk about.
0: Shadon Mick Goen, 97-yard kick return that was electric. That's making me think, man, that dude's hitting a portal next year. Transfer portal person all the way. McGowan is McGowan 97 yards, but he's McGowan somewhere else.
1: <laughs> Did you catch that uh, Ricky White right interception?
0: AJ, tell me about that interception.
1: Oh, man, he was. He kind of looked like he was beat, but then the the pass kind of got thrown behind him. And he was able to turn his body, spin, and get one foot down. Great highlight. Go to NIL Fan Vote. Go on their Facebook page. Go on their Instagram page. Check them out on X. Watch all these highlights. Freaking beautiful catch by corner.
0: Oh, man. I'm pumped for the season, man. This was awesome. This was a good lead-in. Like we said before, it needs some better games, better matchups, but it was fun to see some football and some big-time teams that we really had some question marks about. It was good to see them.
1: Yep, it was. And another former Michigan man, old Rich Rodriguez, he took over coaching at Jacksonville State, and they got their first FBS win. So they just moved over to the FBS, and they won their first game.
0: Jacksonville State moves up.
1: A level? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tight fight game. They got that interception at the end to seal it. It was good for them. Good for Rich Rod. Uh, I've seen all these former Michigan Michigan men, you know, kind of doing their thing after they're getting fired from there. It's kind of weird.
0: Oh, yeah. Jacksonville State blows the doors off of UTEP, man. That was, I mean, they, they step up a level and then they just blow them out. You got to feel good if you're on that team. You got to feel good if you're the coach. You got to feel good if you're a player. They're taking it to the next level, man. And they did their job. They did it well.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Another crazy game, stats-wise, was Louisiana Tech and Florida International. And it was an awkward score because the Bulldogs had 450 total yards compared to the Panthers' 182, but they only won by five points. You look at the stats, man, you just think, like, this this game was
2: ugly.
1: Despite that, this was a competitive game.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you have that lopsided of a total yards, it means you're either turning the ball over one or you're just getting three and outs but going all the way down the field to do it.
1: Yeah, definitely kind of crazy. Super pumped though. Week zero is in the books. We're moving on to week one, the real week of true college football, where you got all kinds of games. You got so many games, you can't even watch them all. You're gonna have to be laying up on the couch, eating Doritos with some cheese dip on Sunday just to get caught up and stay up to date on everything happening.
0: I'm interested in watching the Pack Done Network. Someone's got to give us that shit so we can watch these games. Oh
1: yeah, we're gonna have to find somebody. You know, maybe we can get the and- Pack Done. We can get the pack done to sponsors. I heard they have all kinds of money.
0: Hey, you got to be looking out at our social media because we're going to be rolling to some of these tailgates. We're starting off in Minnesota, watching that Minnesota Golden Gophers versus Nebraska Cornhuskers. It's going to be the real deal, man. We'll have some highlights, some quotes from the fans, some competitions of the fans going to the tailgates. It's going to be awesome. We'll be at the game. We're going to be, well, you'll see what we're going to be when you see us on TV.
1: Hey, all I know is if you see us on TV... Tag us. Tag NIL fanboat, Tag our sponsor. Yeah. At Facebook, at Instagram, at X. Let them know you see us out there because they're our sponsor. We got to take care of them. They take care of us. Well, I'm definitely excited about this road trip. AJ and Beeve on the interstate heading to a tailgate near you. It's going to be freaking awesome.
0: Hell yeah, baby. It's football season and we back. Oh, we back i don't know why we back but they back so nilfanvote.com you gotta go check them out right now they're an awesome company they're gonna be taking us to minnesota for the minnesota nebraska game so yeah
1: they take donations from the average college football fan you can vote for your favorite college football player those donations go to your favorite college football player and then they rack and stack them and show you what the top nil collector
0: Yeah, it's called the leaderboard. It's really cool. It's a great concept. So you can see where your player, your conference, your team stacked up. It's something you got to go check it out. Go vote now. nilfanvote.com
1: Don't forget about their social media. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They're on Twitter.
0: Check it out, nalfanboat.com.
1: So Matt does Vegas. He's going to bring in the bets. Let's hear what you got, Matt.
0: Thank you all. always like to start off
2: these uh, gambling sessions purely for entertainment purposes only, so please gamble responsibly wherever you're at.
0: Let's move on to some of this Big Ten action. Let's see what the over-under for the season is.
2: Yeah, we've uh, kind of parsed through here and found some very interesting over-unders. And these are, again, over-under win totals for the season. So when we're talking these numbers, basically you're looking at teams. uh, You're really going to see a hook for the most part with every single one of these. And, again, that hook is going to be that .5, talking about the over-under. Let's kind of dive right in, and we're going to dissect a little bit of their schedules to see. Also, too, this does not include conference championship games. This is a 12-game season across the board for everyone. And with that, we're going to dive right in. Can we start with Maryland? I really want to know what's up with Maryland. They, they are intriguing. And again, you, you kind of look at a, a lot of factors, especially when we're talking Big Ten here. And this is going to be last year. We're going to be talking divisions as next year divisions are going away. But first thing you look at, Big Ten East. We all know the three-headed monster that sits there. You've got Michigan, you've got Ohio State, you've got Penn State. Uh, Maryland, you you played Ohio State pretty well last year, but let's just go for it. you got three losses right there. Over-under on the year is sitting at seven and a half. So if we're looking at this again, we're seeing those three losses from the Power Three and the Big Ten East. you got seven and a half. Best you're saying is nine and two. You start parsing off the schedule a little bit. Extremely weak non-conference schedule. Starting at Townsend. Don't even know where that is. You got Charlotte. Uh, you got Virginia. Which, for perspective, everyone here's Virginia. Virginia over or under on the year is at three and a half. That should tell you everything you need to know. They do travel to East Lansing. So, but so, I, I
0: got Maryland. I think Maryland's going to be strong. I, I, I would I would play that.
2: I like I like the over as well too. If you're looking for that whole season, you know, I can put my guess. Right <laughs> uh next one, let's take a look at uh Michigan State. And again, we're trying to find some intriguing ones here. You're looking at yeah. Michigan State. Right now they are at over under five and a half. You know, I wanna pass it on over to you guys. That is that is basically next. Vegas saying they are going to lose seven games. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Next. That's about right. They're good they suck. With Mel Tucker, that is very possible.
0: That the ten million dollar man is winning five and a half games.
1: The only one beating Vegas is Mel.
0: Mel can ride off in the sunset. He doesn't even have to give a shit anymore. He got he collected his check. He's gonna be like Coach O. Time to retire. Yeah. Buy me out. I don't care.
2: Uh, they might they might have to over there because that's that's a pretty tough schedule. I, I I gotta go with the group there. If I'm looking at something, I think they you know, that week three against the University of Washington, I do think UW's gonna go in there and win and I think that could be a snowball effect on the season. So definitely definitely leaning with the group there on the under there. Moving on, this is where this is where life gets really intriguing in the Big Ten as we go to the vaunted Big Ten West. You wanna hear, hear Northwest?
0: Question. Oh, All Absolutely. right. Dumpster fire. It's already a dumpster fire. I mean, it started off the season in turmoil. They lost their coach. They're putting freshmen through car washes with the offensive line. It's disgusting. Everything about Northwestern is disgusting, including the over-under. Which is set at three and a half. So
2: given given what you just heard, you know, three and a half, that means are you squeaking out four wins this year? What do you all think?
1: Uh, absolutely not. That thing's going down No, they might get the
0: one. They were one and 11 last year. If I remember correctly, they lost by an average of 14 points every game. So, Last year. I mean, that's two scores. They really weren't that close. The only the only team that was worse was Colorado, and they averaged uh, 23 points in it in a loss. And it might have even been more than that. Three touchdowns? Yeah, I, I think it was a little bit more than 23 points they averaged for a loss.
2: Vegas agrees with you with that number, so I understand moving on we got a we got another team in minnesota minnesota um you know we're gonna talk about this we're gonna talk about this team next as well but minnesota and nebraska you know let's kind of just do a tandem mostly because they start out week one against each other they are both nebraska minnesota at six and a half um not a lot of eye-popping stuff when you look at their schedules minnesota does travel to north carolina they do travel to Columbus in late November, and they got Michigan in the Big House. So they they got a tough slate of those uh, Big Ten East games. Over, um, what are your thoughts on Minnesota six and a half? Oh man,
1: this is going to be really tough. They're definitely going to come out looking like a juicy Lucy, greasy, beat up, done.
2: So it sounds like an under to me. Onion, juicy Lucy. I
0: think I had a girlfriend named that, nickname that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well that kind of segues perfectly to nebraska you know again you're talking about week one matchup minnesota nebraska somebody's got to win that game at least that's what they tell me there's no more ties in college football so that could change you know vegas is really telling us we don't really know who's going to win that week one matchup colorado it is in boulder that is the home opener for Dion. prime time in boulder colorado those kids are going to be really hyped up there uh so, a couple of tough ones to start. They do have Michigan at home. Uh, they do travel to Wisconsin, Camp Randall. They got Iowa to finish it out. What are your thoughts on the Nebraska?
1: I'm drinking the aid. Give me the aid. I'm probably going to die on a spaceship, or at least that's what they tell me in this call, but I'm on the aid. I'm going to swallow it down
0: with you, man. I'll take that to the throat. Uh. They were in all of their games. Every single game. They lost five games by one score. Now they got a new coach. He's already showed them the film of every single one of those games where they lost by one score. Showed him like specific plays. This play could have changed the outcome of that game. This play could have changed the outcome of this game. Give them at least three more of those games.
1: I mean, that's that goes the same way with any girl I've tried to pick up. Is if she would have just said yes, I could have scored, but it didn't happen. So
2: it's all about how the ball bounces.
1: it's a numbers game and I prefer them to bounce off our cheeks but you know it is what it is
2: looking at that kind of moving on let's go to the third best team in the Big Ten East the Penn State Nittany Lions nine and a half we all know where two of their losses are going to come from you know looking at this schedule really their only non-conference game is starting week one uh, at home against West Virginia take for that for what it's worth they got Delaware and UMass they're not even uh, we're not even going to recognize those two games that's a that's another, a valid point.
0: another dumpster
2: fire. That is a valid point.
0: Uh, uh, Penn State's got those wins, but the perennial third place in the Big Ten East is staying third place in the Big Ten East. I like where under. they're at. I don't. Yep. I wouldn't play that because I mean they could stumble against another team. What else, who do they have for crossovers? Big Ten West. Uh,
2: Illinois. Yeah, they could lose that. That's Northwestern and Iowa. Comes a Happy Valley. Big difference. Big difference. But Mitch, so, Michigan
0: comes to Happy Valley, right? So they're going to use that as
2: the whiteout game. Yep, yep. They they have to travel to Columbus, and then you're right. That is a November 11th game. That it looks like a 9 a.m. kickoff, or it'd be noon for all you East Coasters out there. 9 a.m. for us on the Pacific Coast. But
1: we should do yeah, it over yeah. and under on how many whiteout wins Penn State can actually manufacture in the next five years. Because I'm going to guess zero. <laughs>
2: When you keep doing your whiteout games against Ohio
0: State, that's what happens. be <laughs> against so. Michigan is this year. Iowa can pull that out without it being a whiteout game. Take that home crowd out of it a little bit. All right,
1: my pullout I mean, game is not yeah. strong. Iowa might be able to
2: even throw the ball this year. But let's not let's not get crazy now. Come on, their offense
1: might score some points. You lying no, about right.
2: Brian? Let's All right. Line. Eight and a half for Wisconsin. You're looking at a very soft non-conference schedule. Buffalo, you are traveling to Pullman to face the Washington State Cougars. That is your biggest non-conference game, Georgia Southern. They have an over-under at six and a half right now. I'm not seeing a lot there. Again, Big Ten West, you do have that crossover. you got Ohio State, but you've you got Indiana as well. So it kind of balances out a little bit there. What are your thoughts, eight and a half?
0: That's about right. I, I wouldn't touch that. I mean, I could see it going nine. I could see it going eight. and see them either way. I, I'd stay away from
2: that. Next, we're going to talk about two of the newcomers to the Big Ten. First, we're going to start out with UCLA. Now, one of the things, again, when I'm always looking at over-unders, I like that quarterback. I like that stability. UCLA lost their veteran and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So now they're starting with a new quarterback under Chip Kelly's system. Surprisingly, though, Vegas has them at eight and a half. Non-conference, very soft. Very soft with Coastal Carolina. San Diego State, NC Central. What you're seeing here is obviously you have that crosstown rivalry game with USC. That is at the Coliseum. They do travel to Utah and play in Salt Lake City. Tough game. They got Oregon State as well. But other than that.
0: It's a Saturday, it's a Saturday night whiskey dick, huh?
2: That's, that's how I'm looking at it, though. So I, I see that. You know, if you're really breaking this down, I see three probable losses there. I think Vegas has this one on the head. But if you're looking for some sneaky fun, maybe try the over next i'm out and then and then finally finally finishing up with university of washington uh as much guff have i given them over the years for a week schedule that is absolutely not the case this year for the huskies vegas has them at nine and a half which means they are bullish on these huskies but they start off at home boise state Boise State, I've kind of seen in rankings, maybe eclipsing that top 25, kind of more in the 30 range, so not a pushover like they've been. They do travel to East Lansing. Again, we've discussed what we think of the Spartans, so that probably is a W, but going down the stretch... They have games in November against USC, Utah, Oregon State, not to mention a, a mid-October date with Oregon. That game is at home. A lot of stumbling blocks there. And for Vegas to tell me they think they're only going to lose two of those, I don't know. i go
1: under with that. I'm taking the over. I think Washington is going to be my surprise team, so I'm taking the over. If I'm going to say they're my team to win the Pac-12, then i got to take them. Got all the faith.
2: Sounds good to me. What do we got for Oregon. Oregon in terms of over under on the year, they're at nine and a half as well, too. You know, and that's where if you really start breaking these down, you've got USC at nine and a half, you've got Washington at nine and a half. Is this really Vegas hedging their bets across three or four really good teams? Or do we think we're gonna see each other beating up each other?
0: I that's what I think. I don't touch I don't touch the Big Twelve and I don't touch the Pac twelve. Neither of them. They're all gonna cannibalize each other. The Big Twelve. A lot of good
2: teams out here. We're going to see if any of them can get through this gauntlet um, unblemished. But, no, I I don't know if you have a great team out here on the West
0: I like the looks of the Iowa. I mean, sorry, I
2: like the looks of Purdue over under there, at five and a half. Yeah, Purdue's a little interesting. Obviously, they got a new quarterback in there as well. Um, You know, Fresno State. Yeah, new coach. They start out uh, against Fresno State, eight and a half over/under on Fresno State. The so Vegas see something there. They do go to Blacksburg, Virginia Tech. This is not your Frank Beamer's Virginia Tech. They are at a three and a half over and under, telling me that it is a rebuilding decade there in Blacksburg. Then they have Syracuse. So some decent names on that non-conference schedule. You know, no no FDS schools in there. But you do have Wisconsin, you do have Iowa, you do have Ohio State, and you do have Michigan. Oh, awesome.
0: man, they got a terrible schedule. Terrible draw. That's that's five, is, that's
2: five and a half. Five and a half. Ooh, that's hard to pick. They finished on the stretch, Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana. After, after Ohio State, they go Nebraska and then at Michigan. So, you know, this could be if this is one of those young teams that's building, getting some confidence. You go to Nebraska and win. Obviously, Michigan's going to take care of business. But if you can win four or five down the stretch – that throws this five-and-a-half number a little sideways. Wow,
0: I'd stay away from that. I like
2: Touch that. You. That's all the uh, over-unders I have for you today, gentlemen.
0: Are you going to do Vegas, or is Vegas going to do
2: you? We'll let the, uh, we'll let the win-loss totals uh, speak for themselves at the end of the season.
1: Well, we appreciate it, Seattle Matt. Thanks for bringing in these Big Ten bets and bringing us Seattle Matt Does Vegas.
0: Absolutely. Always happy to help the team. God bless we out. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and The Thread. Also visit the website NILFanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today.